0: You want to launch a podcast and have heard that you need a podcast hosting platform, but aren't really sure what it's all about. And more, maybe you're even overwhelmed at all the options. So this is why I chatted with Rob Greenlee, the VP of Content and Partnerships at Libsyn. He's an absolute icon in the industry. So we covered so much in this episode. We chatted about what to look for in a podcast hosting platform, what destinations to publish to, of course, covered the amazing features that Libsyn has and statistics on what to look for. And I especially love his extra tips on standing out and overview of advertising and podcasting. I'm telling you, this is a must listen to episode. So let's dive in. Howdy, welcome to the Leverage Your Podcast Show. I'm your host, Lindsay Phillips of smoothbusinesspodcasting.com. My goal is to help you leverage podcasting to skyrocket your visibility, authority, and business by sharing insider secrets from podcast industry experts who have created a successful business through podcasting. So let's take a listen to our chat. Hey, everyone. I am so pumped today to be speaking with Rob Greenlee. He's the VP of Content and Partnerships at Libsyn and AdvertiseCast. And if anyone knows anything about the podcasting industry, Rob has been in it for years, and he's an absolute icon. I use Libsyn religiously for myself and my podcast launches for my clients. And so had to have someone from Libsyn in. And of course, Rob, you've got your own podcast. You're online all the time. You're an absolute rock star. So thanks for joining us.
1: Yeah, it's great to be here, Lindsay. I I appreciate the invitation and uh, I'm excited to talk to you about um, podcasting and Lipson and whatever else you might want to talk about.
0: (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) Um, And it's funny because when people think you don't have to launch a podcast, they get like hung up on like, of course, what equipment they need to use and what is the name of the show. And so they're kind of missing some of the elements that are crucial to having a podcast. And you can't have a podcast without having a podcast hosting platform. Um, And some people just don't really, like, they can't wrap their head around it. Um, So, for those people that haven't launched yet, and they should, um, how would you explain what Libsyn is?
1: Well, I would say that Libsyn is um, probably. The later thing that you should be concerned about when you're starting a new podcast I, I think the big thing you should be thinking about is the the, the content and the, the mm-hmm. show itself, what you're trying to accomplish with the show. Um, but certainly a podcast hosting platform is critical to to the success of what you're doing. I think you need a, a, a platform that is um, that is, advanced, one that has good distribution, one that has a reliable um, bandwidth pipe that can Mm -hmm. deliver your episodes, and also has just just the basic function and features that you need to publish your RSS feed, which is really key to your distribution strategy. And then also, um, like I was saying earlier about the distribution, to getting into as many listening platforms as you can uh, as easy as you can, and that's one of the things that uh, we at Lipson have been working on for years is is building what's called our destinations, and those are places where a podcast can be submitted uh, for inclusion, whether it be Spotify or, or um, uh, Google Podcasts, or you know Apple is a separate submission, mm-hmm. um, but that's that's something that uh, we're, we're constantly chasing Apple and other players out there like uh like stitcher to have a better integration um so it's easier for podcasters to submit to the platforms and we're always trying to push the envelope on that to um, get a better kind of and simpler experience for podcasters but i think that that's the big thing and then the social destinations which will be automating some of the submissions to Mm -hmm. um, twitter and facebook and other places like that. And as we know now, Facebook is getting into podcasting too more and more. So there's opportunities there more and more that are, that are growing. Um, So that's kind of what the purpose of kind of the foundation, the basics of a podcast hosting platform then. And we are, as well as many others in the industry are adding monetization tools, Mm -hmm. which, which enable you to either offer a premium podcast um, or offer advertising in your show We've acquired some companies here recently. The major one is the Advertise Cast platform um, that has an advertising sales team that we're working with shows that are typically over 5,000 downloads over a month window of time, but we are working on um, host reads and bundling shows uh, for shows that are smaller than that too. So, and I think um, there's a lot of opportunity in that. And, and then second, you know, third to the pie would be programmatic advertising, Yeah, which is more automated advertising. So you basically set insertion points in your audio time, timeline and you sign up for what's called a waterfall of ads, basically, that you get paid for on a, on a rev share split um, that get funneled into your show. Uh, based on the selection of um, the categories of types of ads that you would want in your show, or they're acceptable to you, or you can exclude things that you don't want in your show. Um, so that's kind of at the cutting edge of where the medium is today. And, and that is really built on dynamic ad assertion, uh, which is um, a, another big trend that's been in the medium totally. for many years. But uh, it's certainly picking up steam. I, I would say that many in the industry would say that programmatic advertising is really the future of advertising, even though you talk to maybe some of the agencies and the, the brands and they, they're a little unsure about that. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of them are still liking the, the baked in host reads yeah. you know, as, the, as the core of the medium and it continues to be the core of the medium as um, where most of the revenue is. And, and that will continue because I think the advertisers and the agencies like to feel like um, they're getting, you know, all that archive download, too. So when they buy a sure. campaign, they're, they're getting more for their money is what yeah, the perception yeah. is. <clears throat> but it, it may be shortchanging the content creator um, because having the ability to swap ads out. The flexibility um, and, is nice. Right. And keep those ads fresh. Uh, because a lot of those archive ads could be dated and totally. um, not, not, not relevant anymore. No. And, and then not you're not
0: serving good. either. Right.
1: Right. But, but the advertiser gets, still gets the brand mentioned right um, for perpetuity. Um, so that's, that's another reason why I, I think um, dynamic insertion as well as programmatic is kind of, kind of the future, right? It, it yeah. creates like an auction environment for ad buying. And then, to kind of extend on the monetization part, I mean, obviously the donation models have always been around, uh, the PayPals and the Patreons and things like that. Um, but that, you know, I started talking about Patreon and that's also, you know, like a premium model and Lipson is involved in that. We acquired a company called Gulo FM oh, okay. that has, yeah. has the ability to integrate um, paid subscriptions. Um, to get access to your podcast content so what some podcasters do is they'll create um, it, you know a regular free RSS feed that will have a certain amount of free episodes and then they'll they'll drop their archives into a, a paid subscription window uh, mm-hmm. process so you can get access to a deep catalog and shows that have um, you know content that's kind of uh, that's perceived to have value beyond um, the window with which they were published um um, tend to do do very well in yeah. that subscription side of things. So if you have a deep catalog of of contextually relevant um, episodes that uh, are are perceived by your community and by listeners as having value, I think you can build another revenue model around your your Sweet. your shows while at the same time offering a selection of free episodes um, that are maybe ad supported as well. So yeah. there's there's a desire in the podcast community to, to uh, look at those options. Not all shows are good for advertising or uh, paid premium um, because a lot of people do shows for their own promotion of their own products or their own services. Totally, Um, They're typically called branded podcasts, but um, those don't always have ads or premium content. So those are done to promote something else. Right. Um, And so that's, that's really at the core. And then stats is another part of it too. the, the, the counting of the downloads and giving you um, good data around where it's being listened to, where the show is being heard, where the traffic is coming from and uh, we're IAB certified on that side. So we have um, stats and data at our higher plans that are recognized by the advertising community as valid stats for buying ads. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That makes sense. You guys have come a long way. I mean, like from when you started, um, the hosting, like I've seen your features and your benefits and your programming change so much. I mean, the industry has grown so much, so obviously you've grown with it. Um, yeah. yeah, So it's been really nice to see. And of course now I'm an affiliate. So it's like, (laughs) woohoo. That's awesome. (laughs) I'm so excited about that. I don't know why I didn't do it years ago. Um, I want to go back to the the basics of like for a new podcaster. I mean, it's amazing to see what is possible and what they can grow into. Um, I mean, I always say that podcast hosting, like you have to host a video on like Vimeo or YouTube for it to be embedded somewhere and kind of exist. So kind of like the same way for audio, you need a hosting platform to host that audio. But right. can you just to kind of like, I obviously know what's in the back end, but just to help visualize it for someone that's starting out, like obviously you put the audio in, but what else do you put in when you're setting that up in the back end?
1: Well, there's, there's metadata that you need to enter in your RSS feed and then um, to populate your, your show page that you have. Cause uh, with every account you get access to a, a podcast page that lipson mm. provides is part of the, the the plan so you need to populate that with like maybe a you know a horizontal image yeah. not unlike what uh, you, you've probably already done with like a facebook or a linkedin or something like that where you have kind of like a like a top of the page kind of horizontal image and then and then also the podcast album art, um, which is a square piece of artwork um, that is that goes everywhere with your show. Yes. Um, so that's that's another key. Um, those are two key elements um, that that need to be added. Um, and then there's other smaller ones um, that you would use um, for for other platforms too. Um, so if you want to get into you know, Twitter, and and if you want to get into other platforms, there may be different diameter images that, that, yeah. that, that need to be uh, made, especially YouTube. So if you want to fine
0: tune all those details in like I haven't used it for social because we create our own, but I've seen it there. So that right. when you publish to Twitter or wherever, um, that you can fine tune it so it fits that platform, right?
1: Right. And and some of those things have to be done inside of those, those particular platforms. Uh, like, a, like a YouTube, um, they will need a round um, image of your show. So what is typically required are, for podcasting is a square image. YouTube wants a round one. And places like Twitter and Facebook have adopted round images too, but that doesn't necessarily get published through the Lipson platform. All we do yeah. is push the episode out and if it's to YouTube, we'll create like a static image uh, video that gets pushed over there. Um, so it's 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 a constantly evolving thing. Hope, hopefully we will have better integrations with all these platforms that you know you can accomplish. Most of them are all those really things.
0: easy though. I mean, right. iTunes they you are. have to submit separately. Um, yeah. But like in the back end, like connecting all those destinations, it's it's honestly pretty easy. It's like logging in it and is. a couple of little steps. Yep. So yep. yeah, thankfully. And some
1: of them have um, custom configurations since uh, this is something that's a little bit unique with Libsyn is that each of our destinations or, you know, another term for it is the listening platforms mm-hmm. uh, has some cus- custom fields potentially um, that need to be filled out. So when you go into those areas within the Libsyn interface, you may have to select or enter additional information um, that gets sent over to those platforms yeah. as part of your submission. Uh, there can be different categories. There can be additional True. metadata. There can be other things. It's it, it, it's not humongous and it doesn't take much time. Not at all. And, and you
0: connect it once and you're done. That's the right. beauty of it. Honestly, it's, it's a one-time like to do thing for
1: every episode. Right. right. It's a total yeah. one-time thing. Yeah.
0: Totally. And I like uh, doing it. I mean, now I use the video for this podcast, but in the past I've just gotten a YouTube thumbnail size image for the episode and it pushes to YouTube and it just for anyone that doesn't know the image is static. So it plays like an audio, but it's got the image throughout the whole way. Just another way to, you know, connect with your YouTube subscribers and have them engage and interact with your podcast and a lot of people don't realize that you can do that. So, uh, yeah, I just wanted to bring that up yeah. just to make sure.
1: Yeah, It's funny though, it, eh?
0: How people think like, oh, iTunes, Stitcher, and then they don't realize how many destinations are available now. Um, and yeah. So can, why don't you rhyme off a bunch that you usually connect with? <laughs> okay. Well, can. there's,
1: yeah, there's, <laughs> there, there's with. tune in there's um. Uh, you know, a platform called um, Ghana, and and that's out of the huge country of India. And Ooh. then another platform called Geosavon, uh, which is, uh, you know, between those two, Ghana and GeoSavon in the country of India, um, uh, you're reaching close to 300 million potential wow. listeners on those platforms. And so what we've seen is sh- many shows that submit over there, and they see a nice little bump in their numbers. Really? You know, uh, there's have, a lot of people yeah. in India that like to listen to English podcasts, English speaking podcasts, and more and more there, there are podcasts that are being created um, in, in local language too. So there's, there's kind of an exchange going on, but most of the consumption outside of the U S uh, is in English, yeah. um, but country to country, each country is creating their, their own local language hmm. podcasts that get consumed more locally Right. Yeah. And maybe in a few other countries, like in Spanish, there, 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 there's a lot of dialects of Spanish. Um, so not all of the Spanish speaking podcasts are consumed um, in all the Spanish countries, because yeah. some of the, not everybody speaks the same Spanish. So yeah. it's, true, true, it's right? a complicated the mix, but here in the U S you know, Spanish is fairly consistent. And so you get Spanish in, uh, in the U S and then Mexico Um, there's a lot of crossover over there, but you know, the whole topic of international is, is expanding and growing. And it's a very, it's a fascinating area. And what we're going to see is more uh, listening platforms coming in and uh, we're going to set up destinations for them uh, in many other countries and regions around the world. So that's, that's a growing and developing area too. And it's, it's putting, you know, it's changing the dynamic of podcasting, not that podcasting hasn't been an international medium, it has um, for its entire yeah. life but what's different is, is that each of these countries, many of the countries around the world, I, I I should say are actually adopting podcasts at a faster clip than the US just because yeah, they've been behind, that's right? that's crazy, that's
0: awesome though So,
1: so like, like places like Canada and the UK actually if you look at the Edison research, it's showing that the, the consumption of podcasting is actually um, almost at the same level, and to, in some cases, I think up in certain regions of Canada, is actually exceeding the amount of consumption of podcasting than the U.S.
0: Okay. Yay, Canada! Um,
1: so, <laughs> yeah, right. So it's 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 really interesting what's happening outside of the of the United States with podcasting, and because I think a lot of people, especially here in the U.S., think of this medium as really kind of a U.S. thing, right? They it's, do it's, don't they? Right. And I think it's changing in that way. And I think that's one of the fundamental ways that it's changing and it's changing in language and, um, yeah. um you know, race and, um, gender and stuff like that. I mean, it's, it's really becoming a, a melting pot of the whole world. Right. Yeah, so podcasting is, nice. is right. is starting to really reflect, um, almost precisely what the demographics, um, are of the, the world and at least Ooh. the 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 English speaking countries at this point. Yeah. I, I think we still have a long way to go in a country like India and, and the adoption of podcasting in places like Russia and yeah Asia and, and other ones are definitely lagging behind, but they're but they're also uh, ramping up and some countries will will probably never really be that big. Yeah. <laughs> as far as open open podcasting because of the, the particular kind of political totally. environments. Right,
0: and what I love too is like looking in the stats in the the back end and the you know analytics and what have you. It's like I can see, oh, the bulk of my listeners are listening on iTunes or on my website or on Stitcher, or whatever that may be. So right. you can actually see where many of your listeners are coming from, which is yep. super handy. So you you guys obviously see like. The stats of them all are there. Like ones that stand out as that have the highest, you know, <clears throat> listening to.
1: I don't know what well, I think that the. Is. I mean, it's a very fascinating question, and and it's really um, changed a little bit. I think in the perception out there, and and it hasn't gotten clearer. It's actually gotten a little bit more murky. Hmm. Um, and and the reason that I say that is that. Um, you know, as we open this up to a global distribution type of situation, um, the composition, and also as you look at the listening platforms, the composition of the listeners in those platforms has a a direct impact on the types of shows that are popular on those platforms and what the demographics are that are related to the shows that are popular on those platforms. And I'm not sure that the industry, even as far back as like, maybe five or 10 years ago was thinking about this question at the, at the complexity that it really is. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, you look at a platform like, like um, Spotify and they, the demographics of the users of Spotify is quite different than the demographics of the true, users true. of Apple, right? So, so the type of content that people are consuming is slightly different. And that also right. happens with the podcast hosting platforms too. Um, so, like, like between us and, like, Buzzsprout, um, there's a different breakdown in um, where where that platform is getting most of their listens. And, mm. and I think it's been put out in the, the industry that, that well, Spotify is now bigger than Apple um, um, based on numbers that are coming out of, right. um, like, Buzzsprout or something like that. But then you contrast that to the numbers coming out of... Lipson and and Apple is still dominating and one of the reasons for that is that a lot of the shows on Buzzsprout are newer shows they're probably um, have had less establishment of audience and Lipson's been around since 2004 and a lot of the shows on our platform True. are have been around a lot longer even before Spotify yeah uh, was even around right and and not every podcaster submits their show to every Every no. listening platform, either that's the other thing. So we're seeing conflicting data coming out on yeah. what's going Given on. Yeah, giving one
0: stat is not going to tell the whole story for sure.
1: Right, right. And I think a lot of people don't realize that. And and I think it's become clear here um, that that Spotify is definitely catching up and becoming a strong second they are, place for sure. Um, and I think they have um, probably as many users as Apple. Um, but where where they depart is how much content is consumed.
0: Oh, interesting! <laughs> how many, interesting. Yeah, how yeah, many yeah. actual
1: downloads are actually going into one platform or another? They can be comparable in the amount of users, right? The total right. number of users, but there's like five to one ratio. And it's the same thing that's been around with Google for a long time too.
0: Yeah,
1: there's platforms that are good platforms for consumption. Apple is just kicks everybody in the rear on this um they've been around longer and that gets back to what i was saying earlier they've been around longer and they've you know the podcast listeners on apple are are the rabid podcast fans the the podcast listeners on spotify are more recent um, fans of podcasting and are not probably as passionate about podcasting because they're they're balancing between music and music exactly and and, and podcasting and and so so I would say that Spotify is gaining momentum outside of the U S um, on Apple. And, mm. and I think it's, it's healthy to see what we've seen happen with podcasting, with all these companies getting into, you know, you've got um, Samsung now involved in podcasting Pandora, Sirius XM, yeah. um, obviously Stitcher is involved now. And um, there's so and, many that are
0: popping out of right. woodwork. Like I get invites and emails
1: and it's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's and amazing. and each each one of these platforms um, opens up another door. Some are yeah. you know are more successful than than, than others. Um, you know, like a Samsung. I mean, it
0: doesn't, like you right. connect once and you're you're done. So it's like it's not going to hurt you. You want to be able to right.
1: get you know grow
0: your right. exposure.
1: Right. Though I would say that there's pressure to some degree um, that's been happening more and more around exclusivities. Uh, really. I mean, I mean, you look at like a Joe Rogan or you yeah, look at yeah. some of the, the deals that have been going on with podcasting and, you know, all what's potential is possible now. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it, it's really what the, what the bigger message is, is, is that if you want to produce a show and only and charge money for it and only have it on Apple, guess what? You can do that, yeah. right? You can upload it directly to Apple and create a subscription on your yeah. audio content or you can window it kind of like a TV show. You can make it available through Luminary or you can make it available to Amazon or, or Spotify. Um, and you can go to a place like uh, Lipson and you can get a glow account and make your show available really to any listening platform under a premium window too. So, you know, that's really what's interesting about podcasting is that there's um Anything that you want to do is probably possible.
0: Yeah, agreed. (laughs) And it's just knowing, and it's funny because some people jump on bandwagons and what have you and think that's the right way, but every business and every podcast has different goals. So you have to really think about what's going to make sense and what kind of return on investment you're going to get. Or yeah, it's just, I just don't want people like jumping a gun and go, I need to do this just because I need
1: to. (laughs) Well, it's actually great uh, kind of kind of job security for me because it's it you know that's like a little bit of the reason of what I do is to help people navigate those questions yeah um, and help them understand what the options are and how it works and and you know whether or not a particular show is ready for any particular scenario absolutely um, yeah and it's you know you can do it all if you want but you know it may not would you want to? you know some of them may not work yeah um, so and that's 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 really where the podcast hosting platforms really come in, yeah. Um, and you know, help train people and help them understand the complexities yeah. of this. And it's not getting it. It's kind of funny. It's some aspects of podcasting are getting easier. Uh, some aspects of podcasting are getting more complex. You got to yeah. stand
0: out more. You you have to yeah. like go the extra mile. So yeah. uh, when it comes to hosting, like I mean, we've talked about so many features and so many elements of Libsyn and what's out there. If you're new to the game and you're choosing a podcast hosting platform, what would you say is like, okay, you need this. This is nice to have and think about this later.
1: Yeah, I think the, that question, the answer to that question has changed over the last 15 years. And I've been around the podcasting medium for almost 18 years now, Mm -hmm. uh, working on the platform side and and I would say that the when I speak to a podcaster, um, you know the the thing that really they have to think about is you know understanding where they are, and and when I work with them um, to try and get them positioned so they can achieve whatever goal that, that they have. Um, so, and, and that's really key to to, you know, this is a step-by-step process and it's definitely um, over the years, it's, it's, it's gotten more complex, um, but it's also full of opportunity too. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the end of the day, it's more and more about content now. And, and I, I think that the key takeaway now, as you look at over, like over the, especially over the last four years. Is that there's just a strong movement towards the, wh- what I call, and I've been using this more, and and maybe some people maybe don't like it that I'm I'm saying it this way, but there's a professionalization of the medium that's um, in full swing, yeah, and that's that's good and bad depending on your position in the industry, um, but more and more um, emphasis is being put on, you know support services for podcasters. Um, it's not just all about the hosting anymore. Um, a lot of creators, um, need help, want help, Mm -hmm. um, in various aspects of what they're doing. And so we've just seen an explosion of consulting companies. Absolutely. Me included. (laughs) Right. That are, that are offering services to help podcasters do various aspects of their Mm -hmm. show. um, and I think it's really important because, you know, as I think back to the medium, and this is when I started too, I was a podcaster back in 2004 myself, and I was doing everything, right? But I did have a small team around me because I was, I was doing a national syndicated radio show at the time. So I was doing a lot of heavy uh, pre and post productions mm-hmm. to try and get that show ready. Um, I started out live, but I later converted it into a, a, a pre produced and edited and then published radio show that was online as well as in the radio station I actually delivered CDs to the radio station with my, oh, wow. my post post-produced radio show that aired as though it was live. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So I think that it's, it, you know, having that um, support and, and that help has attracted a lot of other types of content creators that are maybe doing other things. Um, that maybe they don't have time to do the whole production process, right? Yeah, they can, can bring somebody lot. in to do some editing, or they can hire somebody to do the social media, or they can have somebody publish their episodes for them,
0: mm-hmm. things like
1: that, and they can really focus in on the content. I think we're really seeing that explode right now. Agreed. But yeah, now it it's gets back amazing, to your all the
0: all the different businesses that are popping up. It's like yep. even just like podcast brands, like that's its own thing, or like the editing, software, transcripts, yeah. making the yeah. audiograms. Like there's so many options out there, which is awesome because it helps you automate it all, but um, it can feel overwhelming for a newbie.
1: Yeah, it is. And that's, that's really where we're having somebody that can kind of listen mm-hmm. to what, what a content creator wants to do and then kind of, you know, give them what the short cuts are to getting to the right options for where they are right you guys are
0: so helpful your customer service like for a big company like you answer emails promptly and like really deep dive into like giving people options and helping understand versus giving a pat answer it's like you guys are really really good
1: that's why it helps to be to be a podcaster if you're trying to help podcasters true right (laughs) so yeah because you know You can speak from personal experience and that's, that's definitely helpful. Um, You know, I, I, I've been doing this for many years. Um, I've worked on the listening side. Like I used to work for, for Microsoft and ran the Zoom podcasting platform for, Mm. for six years. And so I've been on the listening side, right? So I, it it was the second largest podcast listening platform for, for a few years and then Microsoft got out of it. Um, But but then shifted over and spent time working for Podcast One as their chief technology officer. So I was involved in the publishing and the network side. And then I've yeah. been kind of in the, the hosting side ever since. Worked for Spreaker and then, and then now um, uh, with Lipson. So, you know, the hosting side is, is really where the rubber hits the road.
0: <laughs> true, true. That is, yeah. yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Um, yeah, and for me, it's like Libsyn is, you guys just changed the interface recently. Yep. Love the way five. it looks. Right. Yeah, right. what brought that on? Just tech change or anything in particular?
1: Yeah, I think it was really, you know, since the company started in 2004, we had really concentrated a lot on the, the functionality of the right. platform and building out um, a robust hosting platform. So like we were the platform that, that um, like, Mark Maron started on and Joe Rogan started on. So a lot of really big podcasters started on Lipson. And so we, we built the tools to support shows at that kind of scale and that kind of um, you know, popularity. And that yeah. really kind of solidified our backend network. Um, so that's what we were really focused on was just the functionality, not the user interface. Right. So years went by, years went by and we didn't, Invest the time in upgrading the user experience of using the tools, right? And the rest of the world had kind of progressed into yeah. a more. It modern was still easy to use before, right?
0: though. It's not like it was yeah. complicated or hard to navigate. Yeah,
1: but we did face some some early criticism of the fact that we hadn't modernized it to make. Oh, really? you That's know, funny. Make it look more appealing or simple or simpler yeah. to use, and I think there's been a lot of pressure on simplification um and at the same time like i was saying earlier the complexity is kind of also uh, accelerated too at the same time so that actually even puts more pressure on the simplification and the easy to use tooling and that's what that's what we spent the last i would say probably two years uh working on the back end on making the interface look a little nicer and have it have nice you know animated graphics with the with the uh, stats and and it trying to work with sweet. a new new web player that, that we have too, which we haven't talked about yet, but that that also is something that podcasters utilize with their own website if they're on WordPress. And I don't know if you knew this, but Lipson also owns a website hosting company called Pair Networks. I, I did you're... not know that. So yeah, you guys so are, we're gonna... I have
0: something new all the time. I can't keep up, Rob. <laughs>
1: Well, we've owned pair networks for probably four or five years now. So it's been a long time. It's just that they've kind of operated kind of separately from Lipson. But we're integrating that into Lipson. So what you're going to be able to see ultimately here is a more advanced website integration into the the Lipson tool. So you get your basic website and then you'll have the option to upgrade to a more advanced website.
0: Gotcha. And, um, I only just noticed this today, uh, that your player is brandable. So like the audio player, yeah. where people can hit. And, um, Change
1: yeah, I didn't realize and, that,
0: right. I mean, I, there's so many other players that are out there as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that is great to know because I am doing a launch and they're using your Libsyn player and now I know I can brand it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's, it's part of what I was talking about earlier about, yeah. you know, we, we really needed to upgrade the user interface on that player because a lot of our competitors had very modern-looking web players, and and so, we, we, of course, we had to keep up, right? Yes. So, so we we, we upgraded to make it all look pretty and yeah, and easy to use and and kind of yeah. clean and all that kind of stuff, which is what people are looking for these yeah. days. Yeah,
0: it's funny because I was actually on someone's um, listening to a podcast. Um, and I was on their web page, and I was like, is that, that's a Libson player? I, don't know. I
1: know you're shocked, right? <laughs> it's like, that doesn't look like the one that, that I'm used nice. to seeing. Right. Yeah. That's awesome.
0: Yeah. Um, I want to dive into the stats just a little bit more. Cause I know you guys, um, obviously have the stats in the background. So can you just share like what stats we would want to look at and how they can help us grow? Yeah.
1: Well, I think that there's two two levels of statistics in the industry, right? There's there's the stats that you get um, off of your podcast hosting platform like Ellipson, mm-hmm. um, that gives you the basic numbers, right? Like um, how many downloads you've gotten over a specified period of time, right? Per episode, and then overall. Yeah. And then there's um, data in here around what listening um platforms are are your episodes being heard on yeah and also what types of devices right was it a mobile phone was it a tablet was it a an iphone was it an android device that kind of thing also gives you a, a another level of detail um and then and then there's and there's geographic information there too, like what countries are downloading your episodes. Yeah, right. So you you can kind of see if your show is global or not, what countries are accessing it. You can also see what cities and states.
0: Oh, I didn't know that granular.
1: Right, right. That can can, uh, listen to your show. Mm -hmm. And then um, the other level of stats are, are a growing number of platforms out there like, Apple and Spotify, and, and uh, to some degree, I think there's a couple of others that, that, that are coming too that give you access. Uh, Stitcher, I believe, also gives you access to this too. Um, stats of uh, listening behavior on mm-hmm. those platforms, which is sometimes a little bit different data. Um, right. Like Apple gives you this kind of like this flow chart per episode of, um, that's along the timeline of your listening um, to each of your episodes around where people are dropping off do and stopping listen to listening the whole thing and, or yeah, right. exactly. Do, do they listen? What is the frequency of how many times a particular right. listener listens to your episode? Cause you know, a popular show will sometimes have a listener listen to the show twice or yeah. three times or whatever. And your numbers will reflect that. And that, that'll tell you. And if, if you see in your timeline of your episode, in these tools um, a big dip, right. Where it drops off um, like, like five minutes into the show, then I would go listen to the episode and see what yeah, happened at what the happens. five minute point of your episode. <laughs> right. Um, was there something, was some transition or was there some sort of a break in the sound or was there some experience that was in the audio that maybe turned off the audience? Um, yeah. I mean, was it an advertisement? Was it a True. promo or something like that? And that will give you a little bit of indication And then how far typically they listen, right? Um, That'll also tell you how to maybe reposition your content. It's always good to put your, your probably your highest value content, um, you know, um, early in the show as a tease, but but you also want people to listen all the way to the end too. So you probably want to tease things that are in the end of your episode Mm. during the early part of your episode to get people to keep listening. Right. So, but you should be able to tell that in the data. So, Uh, If you see a big drop off at your, you know, 10 minutes and 50 second mark, when you say that, you know, you know, we're transitioning to this now, um, then that'll tell you that maybe there's something wrong with that content that didn't appeal to everybody.
0: Yeah. Cause some podcasts, I mean, every podcast is a little bit different on their format, but some have like a Q and a section at the very end or like a speed round or like, Yep. What if you find out that people are dropping off before they even, you know, writes, do that? Right. What if they don't care?
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm a big fan of uh, teasing the what's in the episode at the beginning of the episode. I'm yeah. a big fan of that. I did that with my nationally syndicated radio show too, because you know, if you think about radio, it was it was really kind of like uh, segments, right? So you had like segments between ad breaks. So you had to always be teasing the next. Break, yeah, yeah, right and teasing what's after the next break. And so you, I kind of got in a habit of doing that That's awesome. um, constantly. But in a podcast, you don't really have to do that. But I think it is helpful to to, to remind your audience what's coming. Right? Yeah, what's I like further it. further into the episode. Right.
0: Yeah, I like it when I listen to it. And some people even will play like a little clip of like whoever the guest is and put that at the beginning. That kind of right. like a little quote or something. Yeah, I like both of them. I don't think yeah. there's any perfect way, but it, I think that definitely helps.
1: And it it needs to be contextual to what you're trying to accomplish yeah. with your show. And it may or may not make sense, but um, I mean, like a lot of shows are like solo shows and you, you don't um, have any guests to tease no. in there, but you could certainly maybe find, I'm also a big fan of adding clips from other things to your mm-hmm. show too. So if you want to add a little bit kind of like sound depth to what you're yeah, doing yeah. is to make it feel like you're your show is part of the bigger world it's not just you talking all the time nice. so not that that's bad uh, it just depends yeah. on the the type of program it's adding other voices to your show i think is powerful and it also in, invite your audience to submit audio to you as well I, w- I was a big fan of that and i've got many mp3 files from my audience before yeah, um, yeah. i
0: think that is such a great idea i just interviewed pat chung of pod inbox um, a couple of weeks ago. And, um, and that's what they do is people can record audio and then having that in your episode. I think that's such a good idea.
1: I mean, it can be fun. I mean, you're not always probably going to play everything that you get sent, um, or text comment, uh, you know, like email, um, mm-hmm. you know, you're not going to talk about everything. I mean, I know back, back in my radio show days, I I'd, I'd get a lot of emails, um, that, I just, you know, there's no way I was going to talk about it in the yeah, show, yeah. But, <laughs> but but you, you will take pieces out of it yeah. and, and it needs to be contextual to add value. And, and I also ask for uh, people have comments about uh, prior topics in the show, because mm. then that gives you an opportunity at, a, at your future episodes to talk about a past episode
0: Right. Um,
1: and then direct people back to go listen to yeah. you know, episode 25. Absolutely. where we talked about this topic at greater depth, right? So yeah. and get that also connects with your audience too, and gets them in, involved in the show and yeah. you can answer their question and elaborate a little bit more. I mean, sometimes the audience is just a, just a terrific source of topics for your show too. Yeah,
0: so many, yeah, so many good ways to interact with them. <clears throat> and I think people are looking into that more of trying to like find different ways of interacting with the audience. Right. Going that next level. Yeah. Goodness. I could talk to you forever about podcasting.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I know I probably could talk forever about podcasting.
0: Awesome. If you had one lasting uh, or last comment to say to any person that is looking to launch a podcast, what would you say?
1: I would say, you know, I would look at the market as an opportunity and I would look for um, opportunities in the podcasting market, Um, try and try and do something that's a little unique. I I know that can be a challenge at, at, at times because podcasting has been around a while now and there's been lots of things tried and lots of things that are being done. Um, but you know, if you have a genre that you're looking at getting involved in, I would, I would do a little, um, you know, competitive research on that. Um, mm-hmm. go, go see what other shows are doing yeah. in your genre, in your topic and take a little bit of a different twist on those same, um, themes, yeah. right. And, and may, maybe set up your show a little bit differently, or, uh, maybe have a, have a co-host or, um you know, not every episode have a guest. Yeah. Maybe I'm a big fan of, because people listen to podcasts because they like the host. like this show with you, people are listening to the show because they love you, right? <laughs> you as the host, right? It's not that they love me. I'm just adding context to your show. Um, and so really the show should be really about you. And that's what keeps your steady audience coming back. And that was one of the challenges I had with my radio show too, is that it was kind of like a variety show, but it was a topic that was about the world wide web and the internet, which was kind of my overall topic. But I would have like guests on talking about security and internet, wireless internet, and then all this different topics that related, but, um, but at the end of the day and had a lot of guests, I had like three guests per episode, but really? it, it, it was one of those things that, you know, you, you had to bring personality to the show to keep the audience, because True. if you made it up about, all about your guests, um, then people cherry pick on you. They come in and out, you know, Oh, I like that guest. I'm going to listen, you know, that kind you of thing. And that's going to happen to some degree that yeah. that's going to happen to some degree. So having a segment, uh, where you, you know, talk to your audience about, yeah. you know, you know, is it is always important. So they feel like, cause the podcast that I do today, it's called the new media show. And I do it with Todd Cochran from who's the CEO of blueberry, which is yeah. a competitive podcast hosting platform. I've been doing that show for like 10 years. I know, awesome. Um, you know, the, the audience feedback that we got was that more people listen to the show when it's just Todd and I, than it's Todd and I and a guest.
0: <laughs> you guys have good, the, like back and forth, you know, like, you right. there's banter. a
1: chemistry there between us. And that's the other thing that um, develops all, all over time, especially of a co-host is you got to develop chemistry between, you know, like I can answer, you know, I can answer questions that are posed to Todd on that show for him. I mean, I know him so well. <laughs> I um, guess so. Yeah. And, And it's just a chemistry thing. And that's what audiences come back for um, is that chemistry and the fun. If you can bring some entertainment to it, keep it light, keep it fun, keep it energetic, keep it dynamic. um, You're going to build an audience. There's no question. People are, people people can tell if you enjoy it or not. Right. Of course.
0: Yes. And we both love it.
1: (laughs) Yes, we do. And we better. It is fun. We've been doing it a long time. Right. I know. We love it. (laughs)
0: Well, of course I will have the Libsyn link on the show notes page and, um, and obviously share the, the episode here and, um, I obviously have my affiliate link in there. So anyone who wants to start a podcast, they need to go to Libsyn.com and thank you so much for coming on the show. I loved our chat and you're always such a treat to, to listen to.
1: All right. Well, thank you so much, Lindsay. I, I appreciate it. And I wish you the most luck with your show. And if I can help you with anything, please yeah. let me know. And, and you. if you, you want to reach out to me for any reason, you can send me an email, robg@lipson.com. at L I B S Y N.com.
0: You guys are so approachable. I love it. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you very much.
0: And that is a wrap for this episode of the Leverage Your Podcast Show. What is your next step? Head to LeverageYourPodcastShow.com to listen to more episodes to get more insider secrets. And if you are now itching to take advantage of the power of podcasting and launch your own podcast, be sure to grab my free launch guide at launchyourpodcastguide.com. We'll see you soon.